Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for this very first week of this series we're calling The Chase. Why are we calling it The Chase? Because all of us, no matter who we are, no matter what our ages are, we are all chasing something. And if we can figure it out, I'm telling you, it'll make all the difference in our lives. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and get you ahead a little bit. Turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew 6. It's going to be our home over these next few weeks as we camp out in what was really Jesus' very first sermon. You got to think he had waited all of eternity to deliver his first message is called the Beatitudes in Scripture, but it really is about our hearts. It's about the kind of hearts that you and I have and what we are all chasing after. And so hopefully these next few weeks will set you free. But we are so glad you are here. We're saving up all our energy. Everybody go home and take a nap because the Falcons and Patriots are on late, all right? And so get your rest in because we got to get a win back to Atlanta. Can I agree with that? All right, they've had the, they've had the trophy up north way too long, all right? And so we got to start tonight and get a win. But we're really glad that you're here. I, here. Here's the deal, all right? I think back to when I was a student in high school, I was chasing something. And then as I got older, I began to chase other things. But we're always... We're always in a chase. Maybe for you, your chase is the perfect life. In your mind, if I could get the perfect house, in the perfect neighborhood, in the perfect life, a white picket fence, a beautiful, there's never algae growing on this house. All right, it's never needs pressure washed. The weeds never grow in the yard. There's no moss that's green. It's all beautiful zoysia grass. It's manicured perfectly. In fact, you just mow it one time. The grass never grows after you mow it one time. There's never volleyballs in the bushes or dog poop in the grass. I mean, it's just a perfect all Americana life because we think we think of this life this life will satisfy if I could get the perfect place it would it would satisfy me I mean that's all I would ever want that's all I would ever maybe maybe it's not the perfect place maybe it's the perfect family I mean, the all, I mean, can you not hear their teeth dinging? Ding, right? I mean, can you not hear that? Look at that picture. It's beautiful. I mean, whose friends in high school wouldn't envy that, right? This family never argues about where to go to lunch after church. They get in the car. I'm thinking Zaxby's all in favor. Yes, dad, you're in charge, right? I mean, that's what goes on in the perfect family. Mom never has a different idea. And the kids, because they've been learning about Jesus in Sunday school at church, they're all just obedient and kind. They've never punched, hit, thought or said rude things to each other. It's the perfect family. And you put that out on Instagram, everybody you grew up with goes, Oh, I wish my life had turned out that good. Maybe we're chasing the perfect family. Maybe our chase is one day my kids will be obedient. One day my wife will be prettier. One day my husband will lose some weight. One day all these things will happen and they'll line up and I'll have everything will be perfect, right? None of us ever chase 
this picture. Yeah, I mean, we don't ever think, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to have my picture made with a cat. All right, that's never our, that's not the chase, right? That's not what we're looking for. We're not going, one day I'm going to get an Olin Mills portrait of my ugly Christmas sweater and my cat to mail all my friends from high school. That's not, that's not what we're chasing. Because you even think about it, it's so funny. How many of you have kids? Raise your hand if you had kids, all right? Even when your kids participate in athletics, they're in, in our mind's eye, in our mind's eye, when our kids grow up, they're not just a little league baseball player. One day, they're going to be Dansby Swanson. One day. I mean, one day, his beard never changes. It's unbelievable. He doesn't even have to shave it. It's incredible. Great family. Played at Adams Park. Played at Marietta High School. Went to Vandy. Now he's, man, first-round draft pick, first pick of the draft by the Diamondbacks. Gets traded to the Braves. He's the future of the Braves. Man, he's just a great all-American kid. And when we grow up, our kids are going to be Dansby. Or we thought we would be Dansby. How many of you sitting in the room, you played sports growing up, and your dream was to play professional sports? Raise your hand. That was your dream. It's okay. I was mine. It's still my dream, all right? When the Braves struggle in the bullpen, I'm thinking, this is my chance. And Ann goes, look in the mirror. Your chance passed you by, all right? And so, but that's still my dream. I want to be a professional because it's the chase. You don't want a kid that goes, oh, yeah, I just, I really, I, coach looks at the players. What do you want out of the season? I, I'm really looking for average. If I could just be average, I would be Nobody. We all want the chase, want the grind. We want what makes us better. Want to be a professional, right? We don't ever dream of growing up to be on a men's league team where everybody's in extra large uniforms. Where do we get our uniforms? What sporting goods shop? We'll go to the big and tall sporting goods. More big than tall, all right? And so that's not our dream. If, if we play football, if we play football, we all want to be Julio, right? We all want to be Julio. Every coach looks for a Julio to show up on his team, right? Julio Jones is the epitome of a great NFL hard worker, great kid, doesn't trash talk. He's a great guy. And that's, that's our dream. I'm going to grow up and wear an NFL uniform and be Julio Jones. So every, every day when I'm not here, 3.30, I'm on an athletic field somewhere around high school athletes. And all of them in their mind's eye, man, one day that could be if the coach would just throw me, the, they're five foot one, but if the coach would just throw me the ball, I could be Julio. That's the chase, right? If I could just wear the uniform, we don't dream of wearing the uniform like this. I mean, we don't want to wear that picture. We want to be Julio, right? It's the chase, but maybe it's not that. Maybe it's the stuff. Maybe it's the car. Man, if I could ever get the perfect car. If I could ever get the perfect car. When I sat in it and people looked at me, they would go, he's arrived. He's arrived. He's got the perfect car. Drives to the perfect house with the perfect family, having the perfect life. Now, time out real quick. Is anything wrong with being a professional baseball player, yes or no? Nope. Is anything wrong with a nice car? Yes or no? No. It's only wrong when you think that thing's going to satisfy you. And that's what happens to us. See, the chase produces an allurement that says, when I get this, 
I will feel this. When I arrive here, I'm going to be satisfied. That's the chase. It's the story of mankind. Mankind's been on this chase for years. Maybe it's at the car. Maybe it's the, the job. We end up in the boardroom. We're the guy running the meeting. There's people in different cities. We're on the top floor. We're in the boardroom, and we're calling the shots. And when I get there, I won't have a problem. (laughs) This is not true, but I won't have a problem in the world. And we get there, and we find out there's more money, there's more headaches, there's more stuff, because the job doesn't satisfy. Listen, if you're that lady or that guy running, good for you. But you'll be the first to go this doesn't this isn't it don't don't hunt for this it's not what you thought it was it's not what the world wanted maybe you've set up your pinterest board for christmas and you put down if i could just get this saw i could this was on ann's christmas wish list all right if i could if i could just get this not on mine i'm like what is that she's like it's a saw i'm like here's money go get it all right and so because we think if i could just get the perfect thing Here's what I want you to write at the top of your outline. Ready? Here's what I want you to write. It's not the thing that's the problem. It's not the thing that's the problem. None of those things are bad. Money's not bad. We're going to talk about money a lot during the series. Money's not bad. Money's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's the allure of the chase that's the problem. Because we think if I just get my hands on any of those things and we could put 5,000 more, if I could just get my hands on it, everything will be better. It's not true. Yes or no, will any of those things make your life happier? Yes or no? Now, the car I wouldn't mind for a while. But anyways, and so long-term, long-term, it's not going to make me happy. It's not going to fulfill me. Jesus knew that. See, here's the crazy part. If you'd asked me at 16 what I was chasing, it's very different than what I'm chasing at 48. Things change as we get older. So my chase then was whatever it was. Lord only knows what it was at 16. And then in college, I'm going to talk about this next week, I had a chase in college. And then when I got in my 20s, it turned a little different. In my 30s and 40s and 50s, it's it's going to keep changing as I get older. But the chase is always there. Everybody got an outline. I want you to take a couple notes this morning. Number one, right there in the outline, we're born with a chasing heart. God knew that. We're born with a chasing heart. Inside of all of us is this desire and this thing. If you just had that, it would be fulfilled. Think about the garden. We talked about it a little bit last week. Adam in the garden, you can have anything you want, just don't touch the tree. And what did the enemy tell him? Well, go, get, go, go touch the tree. God's just holding. He's withholding from you. Right? And we think that. We don't. It, it's the craziest thing. We're all born with a chasing heart. Jesus. Right? Scripture says Jesus didn't just appear at Bethlehem. He had always been. He had always been with his father. So throughout all of eternity, forever, he's always been. Well, they've got to redeem mankind. So God's got a plan. He's going to redeem mankind. He's going to send his son. So Jesus puts skin on, right? He comes and lives on earth. 
30 years, other than the age of 12, we don't know a whole lot about Jesus. We know where he grew up. We know a little conversation he had at 12 in the synagogue. 12 to 30, don't know a whole lot. All right, this is just not recorded. We know he was a carpenter. We do know that. We applied his family's trade. But at the age of 30, he began his earthly, what's called his earthly ministry. He ministered for three years. His very first message recorded in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 had to be incredibly important because he had waited all of eternity to share it. You know, as a speaker, sometimes you have things that burn on your heart, things that are burning down your soul. It's like, I can't wait to talk about this. Think about Jesus had waited all of eternity to lay out what's important. And in these three chapters, and we're going to take specifically Matthew 6 over these next few weeks, he begins to tell us some things. Listen to what he says to those that were listening in on the hillside that day. Therefore, do not be, what's that word? What causes anxiousness? Chasing. Worrying. Doubting. Anxious. We can look the part. Have you ever sat in a room and you look like you had it all together, but your heart was just churning inside of you? I mean, you're just, you're, it's like a motor running. Don't be anxious saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Meaning, I need all of these things. I'm going to be hungry, I'm going to be thirsty. I don't have the right thing. I'm not going to have enough clothes. Don't be like that. Don't be anxious. Don't let your heart worry about those things that you've been chasing. Look at what he goes on to say. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. Time out. Why did he say Gentiles? Well, Gentiles were those that did know. So you had the Jews and the Gentiles. Really, later in the New Testament, the Gentiles began to be converted to Christianity. At that point, the Gentiles didn't serve the big G God. They served little G God. They served all the little things they thought would satisfy them. Don't be like those that don't even know. Don't be like those. Then you know better. You you know the one true God who's going to take care of you. If his eye is on the sparrow, his eye will be on you. Don't fret. Don't worry. Because your heavenly Father knows that you, what's that word? Them all. My Father's got you. Don't worry. I want you to write a little thought down. Under number one, ready? Just a little extra point, a little free information here. You cannot have a contented heart and a chasing heart at the same time. It's one or the other. You can't have a contented heart and a chasing heart. So, so what's a contented heart? A contented heart is God has given me what I need and I'm going to be okay. Now, there's the driver part of all of us that goes, so do we not set goals? Do we not want to achieve? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying, all right? I, I am, you, you know, a lot of you, you don't know me personally. I am an incredibly driven person, right? I like to work, and I like to work hard. And I like to be the best at what I'm called to do. Here's the difference. 
thinking that when I reach this level, that's going to make me happy. That's discontentment. If God allows me to, great. But if he doesn't, I'm totally fine with where I'm at. Does that make sense to everybody? And here's why that's such a big deal. Because that's going to play in to all these other decisions we're going to talk about all these weeks. See, we hear something like this and our, 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 our um, ire goes up a little bit. And we go, whoa, 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 so what are, you, what are you saying, Mike, that I should just sit there and just go, whatever? Absolutely, that's not what I'm saying. What I am so saying is we should sit there and go, God, you have given me what I need. I pray that I'm able to achieve this or do this or whatever, but if I'm not, I'm totally good. It was funny, my first trip to Haiti was in 2011, December 2011. Marsha, Nick Person, who was on staff with us at that time, and myself went to Haiti. I'd never been out of the country, right? Never, other than my honeymoon, all right? I'd never been out of the country. And, I, you know, when you invite people to keep going on mission trips and you're not ever going, it doesn't look good, all right? And so I finally, I'm like, I need to go. And I remember going to Haiti, and we went to a little orphanage there out about four hours from Port-au-Prince where we were talking to a group, and... I remember there were kids out in this orphanage and they were playing, they were kicking a, a bottle like it was a soccer ball and they play, literally, literally played for hours. Do you know why they enjoyed the bottle? They had never had a soccer ball. They were contented. That's all they needed. Guess what happened when they found a soccer ball? The bottle wasn't good anymore, right? Why do I want to kick a little oblong bottle when I could have a round ball and kick that ball never in the history of humanity have our eyes been more accessible to what we don't have than what we do have can I get an amen to that we see all the things we don't have I never look at it and go God thank you for what you've given me I look at it and go God my closet's small all right I mean that's the way that it is God not thanks for all the clothes why can I not fit them in my closet right and that's that's just the way society is only in America would we build storage units that, that Robbie talked about to hold junk. We don't even know that's in there, right? I mean, that's just the way that it is. That's not a bad or good thing. My parents, you know, we, we went through their, their death this past year, so we had to clean out a house that they had lived in since 1973. So they accumulated stuff for years, and they were great. They just accumulated a lot of stuff. Number two, ready? The sinful human heart naturally chases after anything but God to find satisfaction. The sinful human heart naturally chases after anything but God to find satisfaction. Meaning, we see it and we go, oh, when I get that, I will have arrived. Whatever that is, the girl, the guy, the job, the place, the car, the promotion, the salary, whatever it is, and it changes constantly in life. When I get that, I'll be satisfied. Hear me, hear me. I want everybody to look at me, and I want you to hear me. None of those things in and of themselves are bad things. They're all great things. The problem is if we think they're going to satisfy us, we're, we're going to be in big trouble. We're going to be in big trouble. Here, here's how we see it play out. We have couples that get married that accumulate in the first three years what it took their parents 30 years to get. How do they do it? Well, they do it on a credit card. It's the Chase. Maybe Chase credit card. But anyways, so it's the, I didn't think about that, but it's, it's the, 
That was solid work right there. But anyway, so being brilliant. All right, and so, but, but we're on this chase and we think, man, I just gotta have it. I gotta get it. I gotta achieve it. The sinful human heart is drawn to anything but God to find satisfaction. We think if we can get our hands on it, it'll do the trick. I remember we were watching Bear Grylls a couple years ago on NBC. Great, great show. So Bear Grylls is this like crazy British guy that has traveled all over the world and can survive in the wilderness for weeks at a time when his camera crew isn't feeding him. But anyways, so, but Bear Grylls, there's a whole story to that. But anyways, so Bear Grylls takes these people out in the, the worst places in the world and they learn to survive for a couple of days and do their thing. Well, he began taking stars out. He took Deion Sanders. Well, as an Atlanta sports fan, Deion Sanders is iconic. Shows up here from Florida State, multi-sport athlete, is the kick returner, DB, cornerback for the Atlanta Falcons. But then in the spring, he does what nobody's ever done. He plays both sports. He, he becomes the outfielder for the Atlanta Braves. He helicopters back. It's the craziest thing. Helicopters back and forth. Ended up getting traded from the Falcons, I believe, to the Niners. And the Niners picked him up, won a Super Bowl ring, goes to the Cowboys, wins a Super Bowl ring. And he's sitting by a campfire after this crazy day of him having to trust Bear to get him through. They've probably eaten some snake or something for dinner. And they're sitting by the campfire. And Dion, Dion, I'm not, this isn't a private conversation with me and Dion. This is Dion telling Bear Grylls, he said, yeah, he said, after I won X number Super Bowl multi-ring that I got, I got in my car, I left the stadium, and I headed for a bridge that I was going to drive off of and kill myself because I was so dissatisfied with life. Isn't that crazy? We look at Dion and go, dude, you are Dion Sanders. But yet he said, I found all the things I had been chasing, and none of them did the trick. Look at the way God said it to Jeremiah. I'll put it up here on the screen. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Meaning, my people who know better, they've gone looking for drink somewhere else, and they've hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. They have chased, and they have looked, and they have tried, and they're trying to fill themselves up. And while they put the water in, it goes right out the bottom, and they aren't satisfied. It's the story of humanity. It's the story of our world. That's why none of those things are bad. They're all great things. They're all wonderful things, but they're not going to satisfy us. C.S. Lewis said it this way, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God that will make him happy. So in the world that we live in, the most natural way it's played out is in the area of our money. All right, I want you to write under number two, I want you to write the word money. Now this and I rarely, y'all been here, I've been here 20 years, all right? So y'all have known me, y'all have grown up with me. This series, if, if you get this, whether you're 18 or 48 or 58, if you get this, it could change your life. Let me tell you why. If this area of our life gets in order, it makes everything else calm down. If this area of our life ever settles, it makes everything else, and here's why because I do marital counseling all the time. Guess what most couples come in arguing about? Money. Money. 
It doesn't just, and it, well, Mike, it's only when they don't have much. Oh, no, no, no. It's when they have a lot, too. Because they thought that I, I, if I get all this, but then there's just more to worry about. There's more, there's more bills to pay. There's more stuff to do. If we don't get a grip on it, if you're, how many of y'all in here are, are 18 to 25? Raise your hand if you're 18 to 25. If I, could, if I could beg you to get this, get it. I'm telling you. I got a daughter. She's 20. All right, Mary Michael's not here to defend herself. She's terrible with money. Terrible. She's not here to defend herself. She would agree and say amen. All right, she is not good. So over fall break, her roommates... They live in Washington, D.C. So Mary Mike says, I'm going to D.C. with my roommate. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, great, have fun. Then she texts me, you're not going to believe what we're sitting and watching. That girl's mom made them all sit and watch Dave Ramsey videos over fall break. Thank you, Jesus, right? Fall break, they watch Dave Ramsey videos. She's like, I learned a lot. I'm like, you had a lot to learn, all right? And so, because if we can figure it out early in life, it makes all the difference in the world. You know, there was a guy that, that hung out with Jesus. There were 12 disciples. We don't know all their names. You probably know a few of them. But one name, I guarantee you, all of you know, he screwed up. What was his name? See, you passed your North Star test this morning. Congratulations, you passed the test. Jesus and Judas were directly tied. In fact, I would tell you this, Judas knew Jesus better than you do. He hung out with him for three years. Isn't that crazy? He was with him all the time. He was constantly at Jesus' side. Lessons from the life of Judas. A couple quick things. I'm not going to live here long. I can spend years in church listening to sermons and being with other believers and still make poor money decisions. I can be around it all the time and still make poor money decisions. You can go to church every Sunday and your financial life could be a calamity. I was on a church staff, and I knew better. In Ann and I's first couple years of marriage, and we're going to talk about it a lot over the next few weeks, we struggled in the area of money, and money caused lots of tension, and money caused lots of arguments that we didn't have to have. We just didn't have a game plan. Now, let me say this. This isn't a giving series. Oh, here we go. It's, giving. It's, not a, it's not a giving series. This is a handling series. This is about how we handle what God has given to us. He's the owner. I've done hundreds of funerals. You know what I found out in those hundreds of funerals? Nobody takes anything with them. All right, that's what I figured out in the hundreds of funerals. Therefore, we're just stewarding it. We're handling it. Judas knew a lot, and he missed it. In fact, there's a story in Scripture that he ended up selling Jesus for, for not much, for 30 pieces of silver. He was willing to sell Jesus out and have tons of regrets. You know what else we learn about Judas? Small compromises with money always led to bigger problems down the road. Small compromises always led to bigger problems. We didn't handle money well early in marriage, and we had to drive to the mall to spend it. Amazon on our phones is just, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we keep Amazon, and they ought to move to Atlanta just to be near my family, all right? And so they ought to move here. Heck, we live here. And so it's, it's just the way that it is. It's right there. Small compromises with money always lead to bigger problems down the road. 
Money isn't the issue. It's what we do with it. Judas early on made poor decisions about money. In fact, there's a story of the lady that took the perfume and she poured it. It's an incredible story. She pours it on Jesus' feet. She anoints his feet. Everybody in the room is like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But Judas, you know what Judas says? What a waste. You know how much money we could have gotten for that? We could have gotten 300 denarii for that perfume, and we could have given that money to the poor. That's what Judas said. Do you think Judas was going to give that money to the poor, yes or no? Heck no, all right? He wasn't going to give that money to the poor. You know what Judas was going to do? You know what John tells us? Judas was sticking his hand in the money bag and keeping it for himself. Long before he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, Judas had money problems. Money had gotten to be a big part of Judas's life. Is money a big deal? Do you know that it's spoken of over 800 times in Scripture? 800 times money is spoken of in Scripture. 11 of the 35 parables are about money. Why? Because God knew we live in a world that's a chasing world. And if we can get those areas of our life in order, it can make all the difference. And money problems can lead to a sense of hopelessness. They can lead to a sense of hopelessness. Mike, you're talking about when people have too little. Mm -mm. Sometimes I'm talking about when people have too much. And they, don't, they, they thought it would be it, man. They thought it would satisfy them. They thought it, when, I, when I get here, and, and it's going to make me happy. It ain't going to make you happy. It's an inanimate object that either it controls me or I control it. This series is about learning to control it in our chase. And we're all in the chase. Don't feel by yourself. Don't feel alone. Don't go, golly, Mike, this is, this is all of us. And I want to be a good steward of what I've been so blessed. And I want to be a good steward of what I've been blessed with. And here's what I know at the end of the day. Number three, ready? My heart is only satisfied in God. My heart is only satisfied in God. Only God can give me what I need. He's it. But here's what I'll tell you, all right? Here's what I'll tell you. We will, we will try everything else, won't we? I do. I have. And I've told you not to and did. I did. Just, it's the human heart. Sometimes we learn through dead ends and sometimes we can learn in advance, actually. Here's what the psalmist said. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. God put this chase inside of us. It's not all bad. He put this desire inside of us. But it's not for things that don't last. It's for things that do last. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Father, we... Um, <laughs> I, we're sitting here putting this together this week, and I just thought, good night. This is like a personal testimony of my life. I've tried and it didn't work. I achieved and it didn't satisfy. And I went and wasn't what I thought it was. And 
got and I ended up not even putting it away and forgot I even gotten it. But God, I've watched this chase absolutely wreck families, wreck them. God, I've watched fathers be absentee dads because they never spend time with their kids because of the chase. I've watched moms achieving their success and they miss the home and then this we, we, we sit down at this table of regret and we don't want to be there and, and then we look at each other and it's just not working and, and God, it's, it, life's so much more than that. God, it's amazing when we understand that getting that ain't going to satisfy me anyways. That God, you are going to give me what I need that I settle in that world of contentment while I'm still striving to be my best. God, you'll open that door when I need to walk through it, but until then, I'm good. Well, that's just a great place to live. Because God, in that, you stir up thankfulness, not regrets. And a thankful heart is a great heart to have. Thankful people are amazing people to do life with because it's not about them. It's about other people. God, over these next few weeks, God, we just open ourselves up and say, show us, from your word, show us what this life looks like so we can build a life using this inanimate thing called money. Father, we can build a life that honors you and honors other people. And Father, that is my prayer. May we find our satisfaction in you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.